0: this is a recording of me reading a draco and hermione fanfiction. um i'm starting somewhere in the middle of a chapter in the middle of the story so if you get invested that's on you this is just background noise for Nat- natalia basically um yeah all right lucius malfoy still had not returned it had been two weeks since he left with Voldemort, and still the question swirled in her mind he'd offered assistance whatever that meant she remembered the feeling of two presences in her mind in the drawing room, one smoother and dull. She was fairly certain that Lucius had seen what Voldemort did in her mind, but she hadn't the faintest idea what he'd chosen to do with that information. She sat in the conservatory, staring out at the July day with a book in her lap. It was the closest she'd gotten to the outdoors. At first, after running into Draco, she'd been hesitant to leave her routine of library to conservatory to library to bed. But as the days passed, she grew anxious to see him. If she was going to help the order she needed to be on good terms with him she needed his access his information knowingly or unknowingly she began seeing Narcissa again reading and taking long walks through the manor in places she could be easily seen if Draco realized that she was letting things return to normal then perhaps so could he Narcissa tried to make up for the absence of the others by meeting Hermione in the mornings for tea and coffee and chatting about novels and holidays and other things normal people discussed When the guilt nodded her insides, Hermione reminded herself that their conversations might make it back to Draco. She tried not to let herself think about whether he was sleeping or whether he'd put on any weight. It had been ten days since the incident in the hallway, and Hermione was halfway through the first volume of Medieval Magical Europe— She sighed and snapped it closed, having finished another useless chapter. Considering Blaze again and his rescue of Pansy, she realized that Draco surely knew of his plans. Had he not bought her? Was he not shocked to hear that only one slave arrived that night? Hermione hummed into her coffee cup and thought of what information she could pry from Draco if only they could talk again, like they used to. Thinking back to the gazebo, she knew he was open to giving her information. What did Draco know about the tattoos and their removal? She sipped her coffee, breathing in the moist air between the vines, the conservatory windows stretched to the ceiling in a wide dome, allowing all the sunlight in. She sometimes saw Hicks, the grounds elf, trimming and watering the trees and plants, but there was no movement except the gentle rustle of branches stretching toward the light. So when the pop of apparition cracked across the leaves and flowers, Hermione dropped her coffee cup, shattering it when Mippy arrived in front of her. "'Miss!' her hand flew to her chest calming her own heartbeat her blood ran cold at the elf's terrified eyes miss has to go to her room mippy extended a hand mippy takes you now she gathered her books with fumbling fingers remembering the daggers of red eyes and the burning books with a squeeze mippy popped them away into her bedroom is it the dark lord hermione asked voice trembling no miss mrs and master draco has visitors it's not being safe for miss downstairs mippy wrung her hands and disappeared with another pop Hermione stared at the spot where the little girl elf had been, feeling her fear shift to curiosity. Visitors. she never known the Malfoys to have friends to drop by for a friendly chat. A small war raged inside her chest. Maybe had made it seem urgent that she was not found downstairs, but this safety, this complacency, waiting for other people to control what happened to her, it would get her nowhere. And if someone was downstairs discussing Death Eater business, perhaps Lucius was back. The need for answers, the need to be useful, the need to just not sit here and wait for something else awful to happen to her. Those needs won out. She slipped through her door, looking both ways as if she was about to cross a dangerous street. Her feet were soft on the marble as she descended the stairs, stopping at the bottom to stare at the fireplaces, expecting an entire dinner party to pour through the fire at any moment. The drawing room door was closed. She suspected that was where Narcissa Malfoy entertained guests, but she was sure to be caught if she stood in the doorway with her ear pressed to the wood. She tried to think. There was a rarely used ballroom attached to the drawing room. She suspected it was for parties and grand affairs. There was little chance anyone would be walking that direction if they were leaving the drawing room. Hermione hurried through the corridor, sweeping past the kitchens and all the little hiding spots she'd memorized in the past two months. Pushing open the back door to the ballroom as slowly as she could, she saw there was no one inside and dashed to the door leading to the drawing room. It was cracked open. Peeking through the door, she found Narcissa seated in an armchair, an untouched glass of brandy next to her. Draco stood to her side, holding a fire whiskey. A thin older man paced in front of them, using a cane but still moving deftly through the room. When he turned, Hermione saw his face. Not senior. She searched the rest of the room and found a thin boy examining the paintings on the wall. Theodore. She watched him sip his fire whiskey and sneer at the taste while his back was turned to the room. Her ears honed in. Project that needs a bit of research. Theo and I were hoping to spend the day in your library, privately if we may. I see, Narcissa said. I do wish Lucius was here to assist you, but of course you're welcome to. May I ask what kind of project? Draco cut in coolly. Theo turned to look at him, not took a long sip from his glass. Confidential request from the Dark Lord, he said with a smirk, and then back to Narcissa as if Draco hadn't spoken at all. "'Wherever has Lucius run off to?' "'A tense pause before Draco's voice lilted. "'A confidential request from the Dark Lord.' "'Hermione watched not smile slowly. "'Our family is honored to serve him,' Narcissa said. Theo waved his glass carelessly. "'Does it have anything to do with what's happening in France?' Three heads turned to face him, "'mistaking their reactions as impressed,' he continued. "'We're in his confidence as well, you know. "'No use in putting on airs around us.' "'Hermione watched as not senior frowned at his son.' "'Narcissa took the lead and spoke softly.' "'I'm sure I don't know, Theo. The mission was between Lucius and the Dark Lord.' Theo nodded and sipped from his glass, oblivious to his father's exasperated glare across the room. "'As your husband has sensitive orders from the Dark Lord, so do I,' Nott said smoothly. "'I appreciate your graciousness, as always, Narcissa.' "'Be it as it may, sir, my father's not at home, nor is he asking for assistance in yours. "'A delicate pause. How can we be of service to you in your research?' Draco spoke with the elegant disdain of the upper class. He looked better, healthier. His hair was clean and his skin clear again. A prolonged silence, and then, it concerns the apparition line and the incident in Liverpool last week. Hermione's heart pounded. At least the last time she'd heard of the apparition line had been at Dover Castle, where people were trying to get out. We're looking for texts on obscure wards, ones they're less likely to... Not Senior cut him off. She heard him mutter something, and just as she leaned in closer to hear better, the door banged open, revealing her there in the doorway. Four pairs of eyes turned to her as her blood ran cold. Draco shifted on his feet, one hand putting down his drink while the other reached for his wand. His eyes were murderous. Aha, Not said. The little filth just triggered my eavesdropping charm. Hermione was decided if running would even be an option as not Wand Not's wand flicked, and her body was brought into the room, zooming through furniture to tumble at their feet. Narcissa stood, and the icy look she concentrated on Hermione froze her heart. What have I told you about wandering the manor? Narcissa hissed. Hermione's mouth gaped open, and she scrambled for a role to play. Please, it's not what you think. I'm sorry. Not nearly as sorry sorry as you will be, said Narcissa, her voice soft and venomous. Hm, said Not. She doesn't look like she has the dragon pox to me. The room took a breath. She looked up to Not Sr.'s withered face from her place at his feet. He leered down at her. "'Of course she doesn't. Draco just doesn't like to share,' Theo said with a chuckle. Hermione flicked her eyes over to where Theo grinned at her. "'Not at all, I assure you,' Draco said casually. "'But you're right about the dragon pox. It turned out to be some muggle disease, something filthy that she brought in with her.' "'We're very careful with dragon pox in this family,' Narcissa said to Not. "'Lucius's father died from it, you remember?' Not lifted the tip of his cane to her chin, tilting her face back with the cold end. Hermione swallowed and met his eyes. "'So, we'll be seeing more of her, then?' His double meaning was not lost on her, as the end of his cane trailed down her neck and tugged at the collar of her jumper. "'I expect so,' Draco grit out. "'Good. We purchased a male slave you know, excellent for labor and obviously limited in other uses,' he laughed, and Hermione's stomach roiled. "'Mippy,', Mippy Narcissa called. "'The pop of the elf appeared.' Taking the mud blood take the mud blood back to the dungeons, make sure she stays there. Like a slice to her stomach, hearing Narcissa use that word. She blinked away her fuzzy vision as the end of knots cane began to dip below her collar. Mippy's hand wrapped around her wrist, and then she squeezed through, arriving in the dungeons. She turned on her knees to face the little elf. Mippy is sorry. Mippy tells Miss to stay upstairs. Mippy's lips trembled, and then she disapparated." Hermione stood, spinning in a circle as she took in her surroundings, expecting a dragon to emerge from the shadows. She'd never been down in the dungeons before, only Harry and Ron had been dragged down here while Bellatrix kept her upstairs. The air was thick and moist, and there seemed to be a draft coming from somewhere. Moving to the stairs, she found her feet couldn't climb. Mippy had cast a ward against her leaving the dungeon. She huffed and leaned against the stones. Perhaps she'd regret vexing Mippy later, but the information she learned had been worth it. People were successfully getting out. She considered Liverpool, at first glance, not a particularly particularly important location, but it was close to the water, the apparition line. Her mind whirred. George and Angelina's attacks had been deliberately planned away from Liverpool. Diversions. She desperately wanted to know who had escaped. Was it anyone she knew? Any of the lots? Had Ron and Jinny gotten out? A cold shiver passed over her. If Voldemort was looking for Harry in her mind, if there was any chance that Harry had survived the final battle. She chewed on her lip thinking. Perhaps he'd gotten out somehow, preparing to regroup. Her eyes drifted up, catching on the dark corners of the dungeon. There was no way for her to know. Not right now, anyway. Hermione stepped forward into the shadows and examined the space. She hadn't considered that the the dungeons would be worth looking into before. There was no way out down here for certain. One torch lit the room, flickering near the stairs. There were shackles and chains mounted on the walls, an ominous table with cuffs, something dating back centuries. A small blanket folding carefully laying next to a stone pillar. Beside it, a game of jacks and a few cards belonging to an exploding snap set. Luna. Hermione swallowed. Luna had been kept here, and according to her, Draco had visited her, kept her company, and told her about what was happening at school. This is where prisoners were kept. This should have been where she was kept. A wave of grief crashed over her, knowing that countless friends and classmates had been kept in similar situations similar locations for the past few months. She simmered in her own thoughts, staving off tears by focusing on what she just heard about Liverpool. Possibly 20 minutes later, she heard the grate at the top of the stairs creak open. Scrambling to a pillar out of instinct, her blood was still pumping furiously when recognizable boots stopped down the stone steps, followed by thin legs, she knew. What the fuck, Granger? He hissed before he even fully appeared in the opening of the stairs. There are people getting out? Her skin tingled with the question. she needed answers. What don't you understand about stay in your room, who how many fucking idiots sometimes you know that? Answer the damn question, I don't know the shouted silence, the shout silenced both of them. He swallowed the tension thick and heavy around them, and then more quietly, it's just whispers and gossip at this point. Could Harry have gotten out as soon as the words left her lips, She knew it was absurd, even before she saw the expression on Drago's face. still she whispered, "Is Harry alive? He stared at her as if she were a ghost, Granger he said slowly, like she could break. I have no reason to believe that Potter is alive. He tilted his head at her. Do you? She considered the information that Voldemort had been looking for, the possibility that Harry had two souls inside of him. Draco stepped forward, still watching her warily. warily. Do you really believe that if Potter were alive, he would have allowed the auction to take place, that he wouldn't have been storming the gates every day you've been here? Looking up at him, blinking quickly, she felt her heart breaking again, just as it had in the courtyard when she'd seen his small body in Hagrid's arms. She turned away, her fingers playing with a thread on her jumper. No, no, I suppose you're right. It would be an unfounded theory. She closed her eyes, struggling to collect herself. She took a deep breath. Not as here to use the library? Yes. And why did I have dragon pox? His tired eyes sharpened as they ran across her face, remembering his irritation with her. Doesn't matter now. "'Where will he be seeing more of me?' she said, repeating Nott's words from earlier. Draco pressed his lips together in a fine line and glared at the stone floor. "'We'll be going out on Friday.' Her pulse pounded. The only other time she'd gone out, they'd visited Hogwarts. "'What does that mean? There's a party every weekend. You've had dragonpox for four weeks. Too ill to attend.' His voice dripped with cold irritation. "'And now you are no longer ill.' "'What kind of party?' her voice croaked. His eyes drilled into her with a look that said, "'You know.' "'Trying to keep her breath steady under the weight of her ribs, she realized something. "'Are there other lots there?' "'When he nodded, her heart skipped a beat, her mind running wild with the opportunities. "'The Weasleys are never in attendance,' he said, clearly reading her. "'A heavy silence. They don't tend to play nice with others.' "'She stared up at him, feeling a familiar irritation surge through her. "'And will I be expected to play nice?' "'His eyes flashed at her, and he said, "'You're too smart not to.' He was right she'd been looking for a way out of the manor and now that she'd gotten it she wouldn't spoil it turning on his heel much like snape used to he swept to the stairs and paused at the first step inviting her to follow they wound up the back staircase in silence avoiding the route that passed the library arrived in their shared hallway with a series of twists and turns that hermione hadn't been able to memorize yet he paused outside her door she turned to him friday at 10 her mouth fell open in the evening he lifted a brow and deadpanned do you have an early exam in the morning granger it was so familiar and so dramatic and so normal her lips twitched she had and she had to tilt her chin away to keep from smiling at him she pushed open her bedroom door and saw him step back in the corner of her eye giving her a wide berth of space to enter her room unimpeded casting one last glance at him she asked are you expected to to join them now the knots yes she paused and said you should mess your hair his eyes which had been solidly fixed on her knees snapped up "'If you'd been dealing with your mud blood, his eyes twitched as she, if she hissed it at him, "'in your sex dungeon,' she clarified, the corner of her mouth pulled upwards. He stared at her for a moment and then nodded at the ground, running a hand through his hair absently, smoothing it, the exact opposite of what was necessary. She gave an exasperated sigh and found herself stepping forward, reaching up and dragging her fingers through his fringe, pulling it forward over his eyes, separating the oily strands and rustling the top where she could reach.' Suddenly his head jerked back his body following stumbling to the opposite wall. She jumped pulling her hand back as if she'd burned him. "Sorry," he gasped as if he'd been the one touching without permission, and then he was racing through the hall down the stairs before she could blink. She'd read the revised history. Hog- she'd read the revised Hogwarts history from front to back that night to keep herself from thinking about it. Friday evening arrived and with it a green silk slip a pair of low black heels and a thin gold choker necklace that she could only assume was meant to be a collar of sorts, a concubine to be paraded around, gawked at, and leered over. At a quarter past ten, he knocked on her door. He didn't look at her when she opened it. He didn't respond to her comment about being fashionably late. She cleared her throat and extended the gold necklace. It won't close. I assume you need to do something. He finally looked up at her. He'd washed his hair, and his skin was back to pale white instead of gray, but he was in his Death Eater boots and trousers. They were both in uniform tonight. Taking the necklace from her extended fingers, he played with the clasp while she turned around and lifted her hair off her shoulders. Once fastened, the gold shrunk to her neck and gasped, and she gasped at the feeling of confinement. She turned around. Do these have magical properties, she asked, fingering the edge of the thin gold. He jerked his gaze from her neck to her eyes, a tinge of pink in his cheeks, it's a class system, bearing certain collars from certain rooms. Where were they headed? I suppose I have an all-access pass, then. The sharp humor was coming swiftly, covering the bubble of her nerves. Of sorts. He led the way downstairs, and when he turned left toward the front door instead of the fireplaces, she was reminded that they'd, of when they'd gone to Hogwarts. She froze. Will the Dark Lord be there? She asked as he stepped through the door. No, he rarely is. A pause, and then over his shoulder. Neither is my aunt. She followed behind him down the path as the tightness in her chest loosened. And why is that? He didn't respond for a moment, and when they'd finally gotten to the gates, he said, "'The parties are rather specific for specific taste. "'Neither the Dark Lord nor my aunt have a desire for these affairs, "'though Death Eaters are generally encouraged to attend.' She nodded, willing her nerves to calm. She extended her arm to him, and and he stared down at it before gingerly wrapping his fingers around the tattoo and walking them through the barrier." "'He walked them to the top of the hill for apparition "'as he drew his wand, her anxiety tumbling over. "'Will something similar happen tonight?' "'His eyes were cold and dead as he looked at her, questioning. "'Similar to my room. Will you need to—' "'No. It was harsh against the wind. "'You will stay close to me, and we will let everyone see you "'so that we don't have to return for several weeks. That's all.' "'She swallowed, shivering. Well, there, "'There will be minor contact,' he said, clarifying her question.' her eyes were on the sky and his eyes were on the sky and she wondered how much minor contact he could stand as if he'd been the one assaulted then again they both been violated in different kinds of ways she offered him her elbow he took it in a firm grip and they slipped away and appeared at the edge of a small town dark and quiet the cobblestone streets led up a long hill and at the top a looming castle looked down on them the dark mark slithering in the sky above it He led them forward toward the gates, and just before following him, she caught sight of an old sign hanging off a dead street lamp, Edinburgh Castle This Way.